Okay. Oh. Uh, anyway, uh, praise the Lord. I want us to go back looking at uh, the kingdom of God here. You know, it's so funny. Growing up, if you don't read your Bible much, of course, thank God we do, you'll think kingdom of God's got something to do with the Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> but don't. They just picked up on a couple of these things and do whatever they want to do. Whatever. Let's go back to this. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, and this is Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, one of the Gospels. <clears throat> the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God begin? Well, kind of makes sense today, but now watch Jesus' response. Jesus replied, the kingdom of God isn't ushered in with visible signs. What? Now, before I go any further here, let me remind you, just thinking if you were there when Jesus was there. Gosh, I could have help today if Jesus was right there. Oh, here's a Bible right here, but... It, Actually, look at this huge Bible here. Okay, I have, uh, here's, here we go. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This huge Bible, and this is a great illustration. This is the only time you could have seen Jesus. Look how much Bible's over here and how much Bible's over here. This was the only time anybody could say, I just wish I was right there when Jesus was there. Well, then what do we got all that other part for? Well, it's full of stories. And the same Lord in that little section was way over there in that section. And also after that section, he said, I never leave you nor forsake you. So, okay, he must know something we don't. The kingdom of God isn't ushered in with visible signs. You won't be able to say it's begun here or in this place or there in that part of the country. For the kingdom of God, look at that, is within you. It's within you. Praise the Lord. Look at my mouth. <clears throat> here we go. So let's go back over here and see something else Jesus told us. Uh, a little fast there. Here we go. Uh, Matthew chapter uh, 16. Uh, let's go down here to... Uh, uh, let's see. Jesus is asking a question and saying, well, who do you... Th who do you who do you think I am? Simon Peter says, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Well, we remember this story. But now watch what Jesus said. My Father in heaven has personally revealed this to you. Well, obviously, Peter never saw the Father. But obviously, the Father was involved because Jesus said he revealed this to you. Okay. He said, it's not from any human source. He says, you're Peter, a stone, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the powers of hell shall not prevail against it. Uh, I mean... You ever seen the powers of hell out there? Probably not. You know, we don't see that, but we can see the results of bad things happen. So we know, wow, something Jesus is saying is out there trying to prevail. But anyway, let's keep going. Look at this. I will give you, look at this, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And now my son's here, my daughter's here, whatever. And, and, and of course, when they become 16 or whatever, they get the keys to the car, don't they? And, and, and we know that. And later on, sometimes, you know, uh, depending on their age or whatever, they get the keys to the house or whatever. But, but you know where he's coming from here. He would not say, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And then they didn't mean anything. No, it, this does mean something. So, the, and notice how what he says. Whatever doors you lock on earth shall be locked. Uh, in heaven, and whatever doors you open on earth shall be open in heaven. So he's given us the keys of the kingdom. We can just leave the keys, lose the keys, or whatever. But if we want, we'll just say, you know, praise the Lord. I have everything I need, and I've got power against what he just mentioned here. You know, the powers of hell, 
all the that's the reason you see and we'll take one story at the end of this message and you'll see it and actually it belongs to all of us today you've been given the keys now let's look at some more things along these lines here uh i want to go to uh the uh book of colossians just a moment colossians is just a short letter uh, Phil, it won't be any drill near near like uh, Revelation, buddy. I tell you what, you can read Colossians in about uh, probably about 15, 13 minutes. It goes pretty fast. But it, watch this right here. Oh, uh, let me get on down here to a part I want us to see. Oh, uh, here we go. Start reading verse 12. And always thankful to the Father who has made us. He didn't say he's going to. He's made us fit to share all the wonderful things that belong to those who live in the kingdom of light, or the kingdom of God. Well, Jesus already said in John 17, just trust me, you can go look it up yourself, when Jesus said, I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. But he also turned right around and he said, these are in the world, and they are not of it either. We're not of this world. Well, what are we of? We're of this other kingdom. Well, I don't see it. Well, Jesus said, don't worry about it. It's not ushered in by what you can see. You can see the results of it, but it's within you. And I've been given the keys. Hallelujah. Now notice it says, all the wonderful things that belong to those who live in the kingdom of light. He has rescued us, look at this, out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom. Well, that means he's going to. No, that's not what he said. He has rescued us. He has rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. Praise the Lord. Yeah, but I'm not such a good, wait a minute, look what he says. He, uh, with his blood and forgave us our sins. Your sins are forgiven. You can make a big deal about this if you want to and feel like you have to earn your way into heaven, but you're wasting your time. Let's just show a little bit of this right here. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's pick up with 21 just a moment. Notice he says, this includes you. Well, it can't be me, especially me and Kylie. I mean, we're, we're, we're the worst ones. It doesn't matter if we're the worst ones. It's actually Mel. She's the worst one. No, it's not. It's Aaron. It doesn't matter. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies. And well, I don't ever say I hated God. Well, pfft. We hated him and were separated from him by our evil thoughts and actions. Yet now has he brought you back as his friends. Well, that's something we did. We straightened up. No, there ain't nothing I did. Look at this. He has done this through the death on the cross of his own human body. We think we got to do all the dying. No, we don't. Just live for the Lord. You're going to want to live for the Lord. He did all the hard work for us. And now, as a result, Christ has brought you into the very presence of God. Now... This is pretty strong. I'm going to time out. Where are we at? So you can remember where this is. Colossians chapter 1. There's not before. <laughs> you'll remember this. Because you'll go, i got to read that myself. Look what he says. Christ brought you into the very presence of God. You are standing there before him with nothing left against you. Nothing left that he could even charge you for. Amen. Yeah, but God, let me remind you of... And he's going to say, well, I died for you. I mean, what are you going to, you're going to come up with something so bad that God's going to say, well, oh, you need to do 20 push-ups for that one. There's no push-ups we could ever do. The truth of the matter is, the book of Romans said, it was none of our fault to begin with. It was Adam. Adam blew it and it cost death for everybody. 
Now we added to it. But it was only one by one man sin reigned. That's the reason our only way out is Jesus. That's the reason it makes sense. Hey, I got it. By one man's by one man's offense, death reigned. By one man's obedience, many are made righteous. Jesus, hallelujah, did it all for us. Anyway, let's get this part again. So now he's brought us. Notice it didn't say he will bring you someday. Scripture says he's already brought you there. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 4 says we come boldly to the throne of grace. It didn't say, well, one day you can come boldly. Hebrews 4 actually tells us what I say all the time right here. Bring your daily problems to Jesus. It says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And he wasn't talking about, uh, do you want to go to heaven or hell? No, we already solved that one. I'm going to heaven. But I do have a little bit of financial trouble. And he's going to say, well, you come to the right place. And he'll give you help. Okay. So anyway, he did this through his death on the cross. And now Christ brought you into the very presence of God. You are standing there before him with nothing left uh, against you. Nothing left he could even chide you for or get on your case. All right, but we're going to say there's a big if. Yeah, but I got to be in church all the time. That's what it is. Uh Uh-uh. Watch what the condition is. The only condition. Boy, this is just so good. Already, your mind will probably think, yeah, it's probably like, don't ever sin or something like that. You're going to sin. That's not the problem. The only condition is that you fully believe the truth. Well, I believe. Standing in it, steadfast and firm and strong in the Lord. Look at this. Convinced of the good news that Jesus died for you. Never shifting from trusting Him to save you. That's what gets you there. Billy Graham was right. Praise God. You're not going to earn this. Now, this is so wonderful. But anyway, this is the wonderful news that came to each of you and is now spreading all over the world. You can say like wildfire. He said, and I, Paul, have, let's see what he says here, have the joy of telling it to others. But my part of my work is to suffer for you, and I'm glad, for I'm helping up finish the remainder of Christ's sufferings for his body, the church. Now, he's not talking about suffering financially or suffering being sick. They kept throwing him in jail. Shut up, Paul. This is not true. Matter of fact, his greatest contentions he was having was the Jewish people were saying, nope, nope, nope. It's not by grace. Nope, nope, nope. You can believe in Jesus if you want to, but you still need to keep the law. You still need to keep this commandment and that commandment and that commandment and that commandment. Be circumcised and all these things. Nope. God has sent me to help his church and to tell his secret plan to you Gentiles. He's kept this secret for centuries and generations, but now at last it pleased him to tell it to those who love him and live for him. And the riches and glory. Let me scroll down. Wonder what it is. Wonder if we can get a hold of this. Of his plan are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ in your hearts is your only hope of glory. Well, we got it. Praise the Lord. So everywhere we go, we talk about Christ to all will listen. Warning them and teaching them as well as we know. Look at this last phrase right here. Oh. Oh, let's see. Uh, we We want to be able to present each one to God. Look at this. Perfect. Because of what? Christ has done for me. Every one of us in this room, we all stand perfect before God. Praise the Lord. Well, the youngest of us in here is Kylie. Then these next guys are the next ones that are younger. And then we go on up the list. But all through your life, guess what? Christ has made you perfect to stand before God. Hallelujah. So what's left? Well, 
let me show you. As we, if we were just reading this letter, we would go into the second chapter. It's the same things. He's having to tell people that, hey, listen, don't let a person talk you out of this. Look at this. And now, just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust Him too for each day's problems. He'll get you out of them. So much so, it, it, you won't be able to contain your happiness. I mean, it's like, praise God. You don't have to become a Bible scholar. You're just talking about, uh, <clears throat> you know, you're just happy Jesus that gets you out of trouble. The Lord will teach you about Himself. Now, this is the book of Philippians. It takes about 12 minutes to read through. It's really short, too, but I, I want to look what he In this whole book, you'd think, well, oh, no. He's going to say, well, all this is great and fine, but if you do this, you're history. God's going to hate you. If you do this, you're... Watch what he says. This is the warning right here. Whatever happens, dear friends, be glad in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you this, and it's good for you to hear it again. Watch out for those wicked men. He must be talking about me. Oh, really? Watch. Dangerous dogs. Whoa. He's on me. Oh, wait what he says. I call them who say you must be circumcised to be saved. What about my bad attitudes and stuff? Quit worrying about your bad attitudes. You hit your hammer, hit your, hit your thumb with a hammer, you might have a bad attitude. That's not going to cost you the kingdom of God. You can see how serious this is. They say you got to be, in other words, you got to be this perfect, 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 perfect person, and then you'll be saved. No, -uh, that has nothing to do with trusting Jesus. He says, for it isn't the cutting of our bodies that makes us children of God. It's the worshiping of Him with our spirits. That's the only true circumcision. We Christians glory in what Jesus Christ has done. Oh, I just thank God for this. He's done all this for us. And realize we are helpless. Whoops, excuse me. We're helpless to save ourselves. Oh, uh, there we are. Uh, yet, now Paul, watch what he says. Yet, if anyone ever had a reason to hope that he could save himself... Uh, it would be I. Others could be saved by what they are. No, excuse me. If others could be saved by what they are, certainly I could. Now, the guy that says, if anybody could, I could, he's going to say, I can't. Okay? And the only way is Jesus. Watch what he says. For I went through the Jewish initiation ceremony when I was eight days old. Having been born into a pure-blooded Jewish home that was a branch of the old original Benjamin family. It's one of Abraham's grandsons. I was a real Jew, if there was ever one. What's more, I was a member of the Pharisees. That was the strictest group. Anyway, who demands strictest obedience to every Jewish law and custom. And he's going to say, you know what? It was worthless. It's worthless because it takes Jesus. It doesn't take me, you know, dotting every I. Look at this. And sincere, yes, so much I persecuted the church. Remember, he was having people that believed in Jesus thrown in jail. I tried to obey every Jewish rule and regulation right down to the very last point. But all these that I once thought were very worthwhile, I have thrown them all away so that I can put my trust and hope in Christ alone. That's all that matters is Christ alone. Well, what am I going to do? Well, let's shift back a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> now that we know... Excuse me, I'm, I'm good there. Oh... Uh, now they realize Jesus is taking care of that kind of stuff. Let's go look over here just a moment. 
in the book of Psalms. I want to go to Psalm 46. It's so funny. When you read these Psalms, it's like somebody had some problems back then. Yeah, and that's all it's about. Oh, here we go. Close that down. Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, a tested help in times of trouble. Well, where's God when you know? I sure wish he'd help me. Well, this is what we're supposed to be saying. King James says, uh, King James Version says, God is our refuge and a very present help in time of trouble. It's not like, well, you know what, gee, I tell you what, God's just late again. Oh, I, wait, I know. I think somebody preached one time. It's not my time. We're on God's time. Get rid of that thinking. Where are you going to go with that? You're going to be thinking, well, I guess maybe God wants me to stay in this problem. Don't ever think that. He is a tested help. That means it's got to be in your records. Yeah, I remember last week. Boy, I'll tell you what, he got me out of that one. Yeah. What about last year? Yeah, he got me out of that one. Well, what about, yeah, he got me out of that one. Look for the answer. It's always there if you ask him. He said, we need uh, not fear even if the world blows up and the mountains crumble into the sea. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, right. And we're heading for some of this stuff. Luke 21 says there's a lot of disasters fixing to hit this earth. But guess what? Luke 21 also says not a hair of your head will perish. And it says in your patience, possess your souls. In other words, get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of yourself. God says it ain't going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you. I love this. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble. Why? There is a river of joy flowing. Well, I guess when I get to heaven. No, it's now. Through the city of our God, the sacred home of the God above all gods. God himself is living in that city. Therefore, it stands unmoved despite the turmoil everywhere. Now, let me close with this. Let's go over here and see a little turmoil that got a hold of somebody one day. Where are we at? There we are. Mr. Daniel. What's his story? Now remember, this is in your Bible. So whatever happens here, and you're going to see it as it progresses, it's for you today. Now we were talking about kingdom. Now a little history right here. Daniel was part of a group called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had their own fraternity, you know, it's a men's club, whatever. Not really, you know what I'm saying. They were kids. Their country got annihilated by the Babylonian Empire, Nebuchadnezzar. They got hauled off as slaves. They lost the Jewish kingdom. Israel was gone. They're in trouble. Good thing about it is, Isaiah said this is only going to last for 70 years and y'all are coming right back. Thank God. Well, you could say, mom and daddy blew it. And so now I got to live with... My ancestors were a bunch of jerks. We didn't ask God to help us at all. And we didn't serve him, whatever. Now we found what a mess we're in. Oh, yeah. Watch this. So now they're not even. This is not Jerusalem. This is way over in Iraq somewhere. Darius, that's a king. He divided the kingdom into 120 provinces, each under the governor. The governors were accountable to the presidents. I beg your pardon? Daniel was one of them. Have you ever heard of a guy named uh, Joseph? He was way down the ladder, and then all of a sudden he's second to Pharaoh. I see a pattern here. I don't care what kind of job you're in right now or what's going on. You should start looking for favor. I love Mel and Dustin have seen me do this. We used to go to restaurants all the time. We'd come in there. There'd be a line, huge line. 
And Melody would ask me, he said, what number are you on? And I said, 26. We haven't been there five minutes and 26 people have left the building. And I'm going 27, 28, 29. And in about 10 minutes or less or whatever, doesn't matter, we got a table. Isn't that right? Mel helped me count. We're like, 35 people have left. I like if you want to go to Red Lobster or, or Olive Garden and it's like, oh man, the line's way outside. Just look for your miracle. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so <clears throat> Daniel is one of the head guys. How did that happen? He's a slave. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other presidents and governors for he had great ability and the king began to think of him placing him over the entire empire of, as his administrative officer. What do we care about this? The reason we care is because this affects us. Now watch what happens. This is great. Really great. Daniel, as you know, in the lion's den here. We're heading for that. Okay. This made the other presidents and governors very jealous. Everything's great till somebody gets starts whining. Don't worry about it. You're going to have a lot of whining. You may have whining in your family, kinfolk, whatever. Don't throw your hands up. Trust the Lord. David had children that wanted to knock off dad and become king of Israel. Talk about a problem David had. Let me back up a little bit. Let's see, the first man and woman was Adam and Eve. They had two sons, Caleb and who? Cain. Yeah, Cain and, excuse me, Cain and Abel. That's right, I had it wrong. What happened to those two guys? One of them killed the other one. Good grief. Okay. Anyway, they were very jealous and they began searching for some fault in Daniel, uh, in the way Daniel was handling his affairs so that they could complain to the king about him. But they couldn't find anything to criticize. He was faithful and honest and made no mistakes. So they concluded, our only chance is his religion. They decided to go to the king and say, hey, oh, King, king Darius there, uh, live forever. Yeah, we presidents and governors, counselors and deputies have unanimously decided that you should make a law. Now remember, these guys are jealous and their whole purpose is to knock somebody off, like knock you off. Everybody's against me. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Jesus went to the cross. Everybody was against him. He come out victorious. Elijah tried to, Elijah tried to do that too. I'm, I'm by myself. And God said, there's 7,000 more. Besides that, let's forget the 7,000. I'll take care of you, Elijah. Remember, Elijah was saying, just kill me. God took care of him. Anyway, hey, make a law and make it irrevocable under any circumstance that the next 30 days, anyone who, look at the wording, Ask a favor of God. Now, that's outlawed. We're Baptists. We're Methodists. We're Presbyterians. We're Christians in America. Do not ask God for anything. Boy, I've heard this so many times. We just need to be thankful for who God is. Let Him make us better people. Let's get character built in our lives. Let's, let's have pure thoughts. Man, if you lost your car keys, you ain't got time for that. Especially, you've got to be at it someplace. In the you need to ask God where those keys are. Help me, Lord. He'll do it. Anyway, except from you, your majesty, they shall be thrown to the lions. Your majesty, we request that your signature on this law, sign it so that it cannot be canceled or changed. It will be the law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. Well, Darius didn't know what was going on, and Darius signed it. Oh, boy, he found out here. What happens? But though Daniel knew about it, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs bedroom and windows opened his door toward Jerusalem and prayed three times a day, just as he had always had, giving thanks to his God. 
And I think Daniel was just doing, wasting his time. No, he's already in the hole. He doesn't live in Jerusalem. He's also a manager of this whole thing. What do you think I would be doing? We're running a little bit low on some funds on this side. Lord, I need your help over here. And oh, by the way, we've got something going on this afternoon and I have no idea what we're going to do there. Please help. That's what made him so smart. He was asking God. He stayed right with it. Verse 11. Then the men thronged to Daniel's house and they found him there praying, asking favors of his God. Praise the Lord. You can find all these favors written in the book of uh, Psalms. They rushed back to the king and reminded him of his law. Haven't you signed a decree, they demanded, that permits no petitions to any god? Notice the wording, petitions. I tell you what, if we're not asking God for stuff, we're just being ridiculous. Okay, all right. Anyway, and except to you, for 30 days, anyone disobeying this be thrown to the lions. Yes, the king replied. It's the law of the Medes and the Persians. It cannot be altered. <laughs> now remember... This king is best friends with Daniel. Then they said, oh, that fella Daniel, one of the Jewish captives, he's paying no attention to you or your law. He's asking favors of his God three times a day. Praise the Lord. We need to keep, no, that's, boy. See a little side note about this? Boy, you need to make sure you're asking for favors. Verse 14, here in this, notice this. The king wasn't mad at Daniel. He was angry with himself for signing the law, and he was determined to save Daniel. I tell you what, this is fantastic. There are so many people God has on your side all the time. This was a king that wasn't like, well, I don't care. He's just a Jewish captive. I don't care. It means nothing to me. He was trying to save him. Praise the Lord. In the evening, the men came to the king and said, Your majesty, there is nothing you can do. You sign the law. It can't be changed. So at last, the king gave the order for Daniel's arrest. And he was taken to the den of the lions. Now watch what he says. Now where did this king come up with this from? He was taken to the den of the lions. The king said to him, now watch closely now. May your God, whom you worship continually, deliver you. Well, a king should have just went ahead and said, that's nah, hopeless. I've hunted lions all my life. And buddy, if they're hungry, you're toast. No. He said, may your God deliver you. Anyway, so they threw him in. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with that uh, of his government so that no one could rescue Daniel from the lions. Well, no one but God. Watch this. Well, you know what happened. The king returned to his palace. Notice the king, he's still your friend. And he went to bed without dinner. He refused the usual entertainment and didn't sleep all night. Now, I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. Very early the next morning. You know, I mean, my dad rises up early in the morning. He gets up. My granddaddy got up. I'll tell you, I was not getting up that early. Boy, this king got up early. <laughs> he hurried out to the lion's den and called out in anguish. Oh, Daniel, servant of the... Look what he calls him. Servant of the living God. Was your God, whom you worship continually, able to deliver you from the lions? Now, this king had no business rushing out there if Daniel hadn't taught him that God will deliver you, king. In other words, I'm sure other armies were coming and Daniel said, don't worry, we're going to whip this one, you know. Then he heard a voice. I like to quote this in the King James. It says, O king, live forever. <laughs> but anyway, O majesty, live forever. It was Daniel. My God has sent his angel. He said to shut the lion's mouth so that they can't 
touch me. Praise the Lord. I don't know if you, we were talking at work the other day and how we would ride our bikes when we were little. And you'd ride by some people's houses and back in the 70s and stuff, it, it, dogs just did what they wanted to do. And man, you had to watch it. That was one house that had a German shepherd. That wasn't Myrna's, but <laughs> I mean, but man, you had to get them legs up. Them dogs were coming. Praise the Lord. But anyway, watch what happens here. The angel was sent to shut the lion's mouth so that they can't touch me, for I am innocent before God. Well, that's just me. Wait a minute. Richard showed me in Colossians that I'm innocent before God. Hello, you're starting to get it. Otherwise, you're going to take this whole story and you're going to say, I can't wait to get to heaven to talk to Daniel and ask him how wonderful that must have been. Daniel's going to say, did you do it? Did you, did you believe God when you were in trouble too? And you go, well, no, I don't. Don't do that. So he says, I'm innocent before God, No, nor, sir, have I wronged you. And the king was beside himself with joy. This is what praise reports are all about. And ordered Daniel lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him. This same book said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You couldn't even, you couldn't even smell smoke on them. Okay. Notice why? Because he believed in his God. Now that's not all. Watch what the king does here. We're closing out. We're almost done with this chapter. Watch this. Then the king issued a command to bring the men who had accused Daniel. Throw them in the den along with their children and wives. And the lions leaped upon them and tore them apart before they hit the bottom of the den. 25. Afterward, Darius wrote this message and addressed everyone in his empire. Remember? We're talking kingdom of God. Look what he says. Greetings. Hot off the press. The king says something. What are we going to say? Look what he says. I decree that everyone shall tremble and fear before... Look at this. I just can't... This is amazing. Before the God of Daniel in every part of my kingdom. For his God is the living God. Unchanging, which means he'll do this for you. Whose kingdom shall never be destroyed... And whose power shall never end. He delivers his people. He didn't say, well, you know, he delivered his people. No, it said here, he delivers his people, preserving them. Look at this. Preserving them from harm. He does great miracles in heaven and earth. And, he is de- and he's delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered in the reign of, in the reign of Darius, in the reign of Cyrus, the, uh, 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 the Persian. Praise the Lord. Notice this before we go any further. He delivers his people, preserving them from harm. Hallelujah. So I'm stuck with that. What am I going to do with that story? Well, I'm going to use it. Praise the Lord. I, I'm going to use it. Praise God. Now let me stop because Fred just walked in here. Oh, praise the Lord. We're going to do something else before we go.